Good to see you. It shouldn't really be me uh, doing the talk this morning. It should be Nick, but she's just taking a few days off, to be honest. She's just a little bit burnt out sort of thing. So I just said, why don't you just take a few days? She said, well, I am. I'm taking next week. I said, yeah, but it's half term. The kids are around. That's, <laughs> that's not a holiday. That's a family experience. We've talked about this. Um, so, uh, yes, c'est moi. Uh, but it's good to see you. And um, well done for not going out in the sun, but instead coming in here into a dark building. Well done. Well done, you all. So we have been looking in our talks at this book. Um, this is Sarah Wright's copy, and she's just said, if anyone would like to borrow it, they are very welcome. Um, this is the book that we have not exactly been following, but loosely been following. So I ask this every week, who's read the book or is reading the book? You can now put your hand up. No, <laughs> that is true. You haven't actually read it or are reading it. Oh, wait a minute. Hang on, then. She is now. Okay, now you can put your hand up, Maggie. That's brilliant. So there's still not many. I, I, honestly, I can't encourage you enough to get hold of this book. If need be, we'll buy a few copies, share them around, something like that. I've got it on my Kindle, so I can't share it with you. But, uh, but anyway, and the, really, the book is based on this premise. This is from uh, the book of John, one of the four books in the Bible that tells, tells us about the life of Jesus. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And by this he meant the Holy Spirit. This is really the premise of the book. So what he's basically saying, if you believe in God, and that doesn't mean believe in the existence of, it means believe, cleave to, trust, rely on, and have faith in, is actually how the Amplified Bible opens that expression up. If you believe in him and you've said your yes to Jesus, then rivers of living water, Holy Spirit on the inside of us, rivers of living water should be flowing out. And if they're not then something must be blocking the Spirit's flow. That is the whole premise of the book. If you said your yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit should be flowing from within you because you are born again. If it's not flowing and it's anything less than a gushing torrent, then there must be boulders in the way that are stopping that river from flowing as God designed it to be. So we've looked at a few of these already. Self-reliance, fear, judgment... Who listened to last week's uh, podcast? Podcast. Good, I'm glad I went to that trouble. Oh, for you, just for you. Okay, who, who was here last week? Okay, so the people who weren't there last week, there's a podcast. Um, what actually happened last week, we had a slight malfunction up in the booth. Uh, the talk wasn't recorded, so I recorded it again. I lined up all my teddies on the Monday. And I I did it to them. They found me funny. Uh, so, but no, it was an odd thing, actually, that the whole feel of it changed. As I sat there with the microphone thinking, okay, here we go. Uh, but anyway, it's, it's honestly worth a listen just for sheer amusement. I've listened myself. Um, so this week, we're looking at control. Next week, we're looking at unbelief. The week after, we're looking at... No, it's Father's Day. We're looking at something totally different, uh, but we will be looking at disappointment and then offence a little bit later on than that. So I'm just going to play a little quick game with you. It will involve a little bit of standing up and sitting down, so um, you need to be uh, ready 
if you can. So those who are able to stand up, sit down, please do join in. So this is, this is a gut instinct game. Um, okay, I would suggest you start by standing. And that overcomes that little mini barrier for you. There we are. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you all kinds of words, and I want only about six or seven, and I want you to gut instinct, if you think it's a good thing, stay standing. If you think it's a gut instinct bad thing, sit down. All right, it's really that easy. So we could try with some other words like football. <laughs> to be honest, after last night's result, I'm sitting down. But anyway, so you get the idea, right? Okay, here we go. You, honestly, you need to respond like that. You've got no time to think. It's got to be gut instinct. Here we go. In control. No, there's no halfways. There's no squatting allowed. It's sit or stand. Okay. Back up you get. The next one. Is this good or bad? If you think it's good, stay standing. If you think it's bad, sit down. Under control. Okay, back up you get. We've got a few more. Is this a good or bad thing? If you think this is a good thing, stay standing. If you think it's a bad thing, sit down. Out of control. Ah, oh, a few reckless brave hearts still stood. I love it. Up you get. Here we go. Next one. Lose control. You haven't got time to reason it out. Okay. A back up you get, sorry. Three more. I just thought of one that I didn't put on my list for some reason. But anyway, this is so random and I can only apologise. Control panel. Control panel. Good or bad? It's good. That's excellent. You get control panels. Yeah. It's a good or bad thing. You obviously all think it's a good thing. That's brilliant news. Well done, you all. Um, Self-control. Yeah, you're in a church. You have to say that. <laughs> Honestly, you're in a church building. Uh, what about this one? Controlling. <laughs> okay. Interesting. You may all sit. You have all passed the test. So, being in control generally by most of you seem to be considered a good thing, especially if you're an airline pilot. I would say that that's reasonable, or a first responder at the scene of an accident, or a surgeon. I want you to be in control. That's okay, that really is a good thing. God's design of the universe is definitely one of control, order, creativity. Just a five-minute look at the human anatomy will confirm, will confirm that fact, that there is absolute clarity of design and order, and in that good, healthy sense, control. Just five minutes looking at the human body. I have no understanding whatsoever how anyone who knows anything about the human body can ever believe that we came from an explosion. I just find it so far-fetched. 
And people say, well, you have to have faith to believe in creation, like nothing like as much faith as you have to believe that someone effectively put a load of explosives under a load of pots of paint and it came out like the Sistine Chapel. <laughs> Which is when people say, well, no, I believe in a big bang. You're like, well, good for you. But maybe a big bang did happen, but there's a creator behind it. Just look at the complexity of the human body. Incredible. There is order throughout all of it. I remember watching that program, um, six, no, more than that, about a year ago now, that was like, it was... Uh, it wasn't actually genuinely inside the human body, although some of the camera footage was, but some of it was synthesized computer graphics about what happens in the event of like an accident to your body and things like this. And it's just such a fortunate chance from this explosion of paint that we happen to have the ability in our bodies that when we are leaking blood, we happen to have the ability to be able to stem the blood flow in that area. Fascinating how that evolved, because everyone else must have bled to death before this evolved. It's just like, it, there's so, everything about it says order, not control in a negative sense, but there is, there is a sense of design, etc. So that's being in control. Being controlling, I think it's fair to say that if someone is suggesting that you are controlling, they are probably not paying you a compliment. I'm sorry to disillusion you if all this time you thought, do you know what, they think I'm controlling. <laughs> no, it's not a good thing. Generally, it's not really considered a good thing. Typically, we would understand controlling to mean that you are trying to manipulate other people's behavior and get them to do what you wish. Not good, generally. Not good, generally. It's not good. <laughs> Scrap the generally. So... The Holy Spirit and control, they are not comfortable bedfellows. This is something that Jesus said from the same book as it happens in the Bible, the book of John. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. And in this bit, Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit blows wherever. Much like wind, you can see the effects of wind. I can see on these, they look like tentacles from octopi. Um, I can see them blowing. I can't actually see the wind from our ventilation system, but I can see the effects of the wind. It is much the same with the Holy Spirit. So the rivers of living water that flow from us are meant to be like a, like a gushing torrent, a swollen river, that moves with a ferocity and power that leaves us in awe. We are not meant, where rivers of living water flow from within us, it doesn't say a tap will drip from within us. I don't know if any of you did actually see the storm last night. Um, I did. I saw the one in Kiev, and then I saw... <laughs> and then... I will get over it, I'm just not ready. And then I saw the one as I went to bed, which was ridiculous. I don't think I've ever seen so much lightning in such a short space of time. Wasn't it incredible? It was like a strobe. I thought I might get out of bed and bust some moves. It was incredible. Um, I, di I didn't. I didn't, clearly. So the Holy Spirit, the sense of power that you feel, like, like there's nothing you can do about that, about that 
lightning, that thunder and lightning storm that we had last night, that sense of power, that sense of looking at it and going, wow, this thing is so big. I went to the front windows and they were being lit up. And then I went to the back windows and they were also being lit up. I'm like, this is incredible. The light from this lightning is lighting up the whole sky. This isn't someone with a, with a flashlight, not even an LED one. It's like, no, this is, this is enormous. And so it is with the Holy Spirit. He is enormous. He's not controllable in that way. It says right at the beginning of the Bible, literally, you open the first, once you got through the contents and all that bit, um, and, the, and the, this is dedicated to you on the occasion of your whatever and all that bit, it says, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. That needs to be said in a Scottish accent. <laughs> with low strings underneath. The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. In the message it says it this way. First this. God created the heavens and the earth. All you see and all you don't see. Earth was a soup of nothingness. A bottomless emptiness and inky blackness. And God's spirit brooded like a bird above the watery abyss. Ooh, I know. Definite Scottish accent for that one. So in the Bible, the Holy Spirit is described as wind, is described as rivers, described as fire. The Holy Spirit is not tame at all. So the only way we can control the Holy Spirit, like we would want to, yet we do, and we'll come on to that, the only way we can, we can control the Holy Spirit is to shut him down. So in other words, you can't stop the Holy Spirit from being wherever, but you can say, not on my watch, it's not happening in my life. You can say that. So the Holy Spirit isn't going to force you to do anything in that way. So the only way to be in control of the Holy Spirit is to try to become controlling. Good luck with that. It will not end well. If you don't want him and you don't want his kindness in your life, then he simply won't come. That's, o that's okay. That is, as in, it's okay as in the sense it's your choice. It's my choice. It's our choice. The Holy Spirit will not force himself upon us. But let's just have a quick look at this controlling thing. Being controlling, without a doubt, has its roots in fear. People who have any kind of issue with being controlling will likely walk into unfamiliar circumstances, and one of the first things they'll feel is anxiety. Maybe that's happened for you at some point. To overcome this sense of feeling anxious because I'm out of control, what people do, generated by this fear of feeling out of control, is they will start to take control. I'm sure you've never done it, but have you been in circumstances where this has happened? I'm sure you probably have. Obviously not from you, clearly. But the Holy Spirit blows where he will. You will not be able to come into a situation and say, 
Holy Spirit, I want you to come. I want you to be free. I want you to do your thing, except you need to come at this time. This needs to happen this way. That like that. No, I don't want anyone, I don't want anyone laughing. We're not having anyone laughing. We're not having anyone crawling around. Definitely not having anyone falling over. We're not having any of that stuff. But Holy Spirit, you're perfectly free to come. Do what you like. Holy Spirit looks across at God. quick bit on the Holy Spirit. Some people do get a little bit confused. Some people actually get pretty nervous, and I will tell you about my nervousness in a minute. This is really primitive, but honestly, I struggle to think of a better way. You have God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, and God the Son. So you have Father, Holy Spirit, and Jesus. Okay? Forgive me, this is 101. This is basic stuff. God is not in your heart. Father God is seated in heaven. Jesus, also seated in heaven at the right hand of the Father. Holy Spirit, everywhere. So when you say you've got Jesus in your heart, I'm not going to argue with you, but you are theologically incorrect. (laughs) But we get the sentiment. It's okay. It really doesn't matter. Apparently, they're all good friends, and they are actually one as well as being three. Hence that terrible hymn of yesteryear. Three in one and one in three... Okay, so um, basically, I tend to think of it this way. I'm so sorry if you are a super, super theologian. You're like, oh my goodness, this is like kindergarten stuff. Ice, water, and steam. I'm sorry, they're all H2O, but they manifest and show themselves in different ways. They are separate things. Ice isn't steam, and steam isn't ice, yet they are actually made up of exactly the same thing. So that's where I tend to go. To be honest, I don't spend long thinking about it, but there we are. So the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. If you've said yes to Jesus and you've invited him in, then symbolically, as we've talked about a couple of times recently, you've died to your old self and you've been born again. You are a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Paul says that when he writes to the church in Corinth, uh, a place where he planted a church. So the Holy Spirit... Some people get, don't include the and just call him Holy Spirit. That's okay too. There's various ways that he's described in the Bible. He leads us into truth. He convicts us of sin, gives us a bit of a nudge in the ribs and says, <clears throat> he gives us peace. He reminds us of God's truth, comforts us, helps us in worship, and so on and so forth. The Holy Spirit does so much in our lives. So much in our lives. So I'm just going to separate this out for a minute, just so that we're absolutely clear what we're talking about. Much of what we see, while God inspired, has become natural to us. So this is, this is what we're talking about. In a minute, I'm about to separate out for you the natural, effectively, versus the supernatural. Generally, we don't try to be that controlling in the natural, or some people are. But when it comes to the supernatural we really do start to be controlling because it tends to be a little bit outside our known and comfort zone. So, for example, this. The Holy Spirit, when we were were created, if um, if I cut my arm, incredible things start to happen inside my body. 
Incredible things start to happen. Blood cells move around. Certain um, characteristics of the blood cause it to coagulate, and, and it, start, it reduces the blood from going to that area, particularly if it's a severe wound. But for now, we're just going for a, like a cut thing. What will start to happen, of course, is that you will end up with um, the body probably forming a scab over that area. And then underneath the scab, phenomenally, millions of cells then start to recreate what was there before the cut happened. They, all those cells know exactly what to do. They know exactly where to go. They have programmed into them, in their DNA, exactly the formation that they need to take. And whether it's a skin cell or a hair cell or what layer of the epidermis, etc., 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 all this stuff. Absolutely amazing, just from one cut. Is the Holy Spirit in that? Absolutely. Because if the Holy Spirit isn't in that, then we're really back to, well, it's an explosion in a paint factory, in which case that's really fortuitous that all that stuff happens. So I think that probably what happened, this is just my supposition, that when um, man chose to not follow God, we tend to think of it as eating the apple in the garden, never mentions apple, but anyway, basically Adam and Eve chose to not follow God. I think that when they got driven from the garden, read it all, Genesis 1 to 3, when that happened, I think God put a lot of stuff in autopilot. I wonder if before then we had the ability just to say, body, heal, and it healed like that. And actually, some of this stuff, I think, probably went into like an auto-healing thing, where you cut yourself, and over a period of time, depending on how bad the cut is, you will gradually heal. You break a bone, sometimes you need some pinning and some stuff to help it, but essentially, the bone regrows. So... There is that element of the Holy Spirit, but that's not really what we're talking about. Because we're calling that for a minute the natural, and then you've got the supernatural, which is where someone has a cut. We go back possibly pre-Adam and Eve deciding to go their own way. You put your hand in it, you lift your hand off, no cut there. Nothing. It's gone back. Skin's completely gone back. Everything's gone back to how it was. Ooh. It is amazing, but actually, it's only what we normally see just sped up, isn't it? And maybe we consider that more amazing. I don't know. But this is the kind of thing that we would, we, that really, the whole premise of this book, sustainable power, it's not particularly about healing someone with a cut on their arm. Do you know, if you come across someone this week with a cut on their arm, you know what to do. But anyway, it's not particularly about that. It's saying, God... We know about the natural. Everyone can operate in the natural. Any charity can act in the natural. Anyone really can act in the natural. We want the supernatural. We want to say to debt, be gone. That's what we want to be able to say. And it might be that we have to help some people get out of debt and we do the natural thing, while at the same time there's the supernatural layer that starts to break some of that debt thing in people. That's just picking on debt. We could also attack the same with depression. So many people struggle and wrestle and suffer with depression. And people who know Jesus don't really seem to be an exception. And this isn't criticism. Oh my goodness, it's not criticism. Not at all. It's a heartbreaking thing. We long to see people set free from depression that is like a dark cloud that hovers over people's lives, telling them that they are not really fully worth it. 
And we would love, yes, of course, we can do the natural thing and we can say, probably you need to go off for some counselling and maybe that would help you. And here, have your favourite cake, that might cheer you up. And other really unhelpful things. Counselling's not so bad. Cake, okay, cake's good. But anyway, so what we really want to do is we want something supernatural that happens over here. And that's, this, that's even why we're reading the book. So today, control. If we want to see the Holy Spirit move, you can't be controlling. Controlling and the Holy Spirit are not friends. You're not going to control a forest fire with a water pistol. It's just not going to happen. So I'm just going to tell you a little bit of my story. These are three places. If any of you recognize any of them, I, I will be fairly impressed. The bottom one's probably the most. Well, does anyone recognize any of those out of interest? No? Okay, that's fine. Uh, so what we have, first of all, is the, let's go for the top right. Now, that is actually the Brentwood Center. That's the International Hall at Brentwood Center in Brentwood, funnily enough, in Essex. And it was 1989. As it happens, it was yesterday in 1989. Now, the reason... <laughs> The reason I remember what date it was is because it was the date that Liverpool lost to Arsenal <laughs> in the last game of the season, and they lost on goal difference. They lost the league. And so um, that date has haunted me ever since. But anyway, what happened, I was at the Brentwood Centre, nothing to do with the football. I was there for something called Springbank Holiday Celebration, and Jackie Pullinger was there. So I just went into the sessions, like you do, um, and I had no idea who Jackie Pullinger was. And actually, if you don't know who she is, don't worry. It's not particularly relevant for a minute. But I went in, and she talked for a bit. And I, I was kind of vaguely interested. I, I wasn't entirely concentrating. I was probably thinking about the football. Probably wasn't entirely concentrating. But then she said, right, we're just going to invite the Holy Spirit to come and start doing some stuff. I thought, hmm, okay. So all kinds of things started happening. People were being prayed for, and falling out on the ground. And people, which actually, I didn't know at the time, this is a reasonably unusual thing, but people were saying, where they get sympathetic pains. So one of the ways that God is telling you that someone in here has got a frozen shoulder might be that you start to feel out of nowhere, oh, wow, like that. And actually, it's God telling you, that's, this is me giving you a word for someone else. Your shoulder's fine. I'm just, I'm just going like that in your shoulder to say, shoulder, someone in here, shoulder, like that. I was so terrified. I mean, terror gripped me. I couldn't even move. I was absolutely sure that I was about to be got. And I didn't want to be got because I felt utterly out of control. I'd never come across this before, and I was not happy Eventually, eventually, having been frozen, thinking they won't see me if I stay there still, <laughs> look at the size of the place, if I stay there still, what eventually happened was the session finished, I got out, whole of the weekend, never went back in there. I refused to go back in. It wasn't even Jackie Pullinger talking, but she could have been in there, so I wasn't going in. <laughs> she, she doesn't know this. She doesn't know this. Dear Jackie Pullinger. Fast forward a few years, and we're in the place at the bottom. Still no one. Albra. 
Snape, Maltings, all that stuff. And actually, what happened, I'd gone to see Noel Richards in concert. Anyone remember Noel Richards? Bless him, a good friend of Graham Kendrick's. They shared the same cord, trousers, cord. Um, so I went to see Noel Richards. He was cool. He had a ponytail. And the significance of this was this was the first time ever that I could let go of the control enough to raise my hands in worship. It's not, a, when I say it's not a big deal, it kind of is a big deal, kind of isn't a big deal. I mean, it, it, the, the point is, are you free to do it? The point was, I wasn't. And that night, I was, because everyone was. It was a pop concert, even though we were singing worship songs, like, clever, good one, God, you got me there. I got sucked in, found myself putting my hands up with other people, like, oh, yeah, look at me, free in worship. <laughs> oh, this. Again, Noel Richards, like Jackie Pullinger, no idea, but that was a very significant time for me. Um... Then we move on to the one on the top left, no one. Honestly, it would be a miracle if anyone knows this. This is a little um, chapel-y place in a place called Great Cornard, which is just out, it's between Bewers and Sudbury on the Suffolk border. And I used to live 400 yards from that building, something like that. Around this kind of time, I was a little bit starting to wake up to the Holy Spirit, um, I tried not to think about him too much, but nevertheless, I was like a bit of a moth to a flame, and I wanted more. So I started watching Benny Hinn on television, um, and obviously, like everyone else, you go, wow, the lights, the hair, the suit. It took me a while. Um, and then in the end, you can just get past all that, and you go, wow, the Holy Spirit, oh my goodness. I'd never seen the Holy Spirit move in the way that I had seen um, with Benny Hinn on television. And so I was starting to just wake up a little bit to this Holy Spirit guy and thinking, some point, I, I want to try and let him in. So there was a guy, and he came and spoke at this little chapel. There were only about 50 of us, 40 of us or something. And he came and spoke. And on the third time of him speaking, I decided that I'd had enough of being scared. So the first two times, he'd come, and he'd basically done a fairly pantsy short sermon talk thing, and then basically just said, right, the Holy Spirit wants to come and do some stuff. So, of course, I adopted the pose. Like that, just to make sure the Holy Spirit knew I was not open for business. Um, but what I saw was people, some people falling over, being prayed for, some people laughing, some people absolutely sobbing, some howling, um, not howling like a wall, not that kind of howling, but just like howling from deep down in here. And I don't know about you, you may not experience this, but I looked at that and I was envious because I wanted that level of freedom. Does that make sense? Even though I wasn't prepared to do what I needed to do to get that level of freedom, I was envious of those people who were getting that. So the third time he came, I decided before I went, I know it's that guy, I can't even think of his name, I know it's that guy, if he invites people up the front, I'm there. So it's exactly what happened, short, pantsy talk about nothing that I don't even remember, because that wasn't the point. And he said, if anyone wants more of the Holy Spirit, then come on up the front. I, I, I think I did that, <laughs> and I got up to the front first, and he put his hand on my head, 
And he said, just receive the Holy Spirit. Just receive the Holy Spirit. And I'm stood there thinking, I am receiving the Holy Spirit. I am receiving the Holy Spirit. Like this. Doing all the right things. And then he did this. He said, stop fighting it. Like that. Sack of spuds. Absolutely out for the count on the ground. It was in the days where you had catchers. So you had two people who caught me. Thankfully, obviously, not being female, I didn't need that little, that little sort of blanket thing <laughs> where, they, where they run in and put it over people's, <laughs> people's legs. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, so... <laughs> oh, we should get some. Anyway, so... Uh, <laughs> so this is largely what stops these encounters. It is fear. And as I look around Asher Vineyard, I'm going to be really blunt with you all, and I speak to myself as well. The reason I'm not seeing more of the Holy Spirit in my life is so much of it is a fear thing. What if? What if I'm made to look an idiot? What if I end up looking like that person does in worship? There's no one over there in case you're like, who was that? No, no, no. It's like a generalized thing. What happens about this? What happens about that? Of course, the whole point of releasing this control and letting go and yielding to God, the whole point of this is that actually we don't have the encounters in here, but we take the encounters out there. But the point is, if we can't even have an encounter in there, we're probably not going to manage to have one out there. If we can't let go in here when everyone's doing pretty much the same thing and all trying to let go, what makes you think you're going to suddenly do it in Sainsbury's? You probably won't. If you haven't got the confidence to do it in here, you probably haven't got the confidence to do it out there. And I'm speaking to myself. So when it comes to worship, over the years, I've gradually become freer in worship. I think I'm much freer in worship. And then I see someone who really is free in worship. And what do I have? Envy. It's not like envy that eats me up. It's not like a sin envy. Not that kind. But I look and I think, I want that. I want to be like that. Why? Why don't, why don't I just do that then? Like, yeah, but it isn't just a case of doing it. There's one lady that we know very well. We could be in a conference of a thousand people. We know when she's there in worship. And she's not up on the stage. You can just tell when she's there. Nick and I look at each other and we go, she's here. Because <laughs> you can hear her. And I love watching people who are just abandoned to worship. And they just don't care who's watching anything that's going on. They don't care. They've given up that sense of I've got to be in control. They've given that up completely. We want to get rid of this boulder of having to be in control. We long to get rid of it. I don't want it in my own life. I don't want to have to always be in control in that way. As in... It doesn't mean you lose your marbles. It doesn't mean you lose any sense of who you are. Of course not. The Holy Spirit isn't trying to humiliate you. He's trying to liberate you. He's trying to set you free, not show you up. So we're going to quickly pray because we need to wrap up 
in about 24 seconds. But we are going to pray, and we are going to, as we say there, to repent. And what we've been learning really through this book, that repenting isn't what we necessarily think it might be, of just saying sorry, oh sorry God, sorry God, like God just has to be sorried to all the time. But actually it's about changing our thinking. God is perfectly capable of leading you, of loving you, of delighting in you, of taking care of you. You can yield to him. You can go with the flow. You can go with the feelings you're feeling. On Monday night, we were up here, um, all the wider leadership team, we had a, a wider leadership team sort of gathering here. We were doing some worship. And often, if I do actually physically experience the Holy Spirit, which I do reasonably frequently, more, much more so these days, what I get is like, um, like uh, not goosebumps, what they call it? No, not pins and needles. What do you got? like when the hair stands up on the back of your neck? That thing, that thing, that thing. I get that. And I've had it before in a couple of dreams where I've been so enveloped by God's presence that I felt that feeling all over. And I, Monday night. Now, what you can do is you can start to feel that feeling and then you can decide to concentrate on something else. Or you can start to feel that feeling and just say, yeah, more God. More God. Oh, more God. Yeah, more, more, more. Because I want to experience him. I long to experience him. I long to set him free and let him do everything he wants to do. So let's stand, and I'm going to pray for you all. And I'm going to pray. We're going to overrun by a couple of minutes, but I'm going to pray that you have a, a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit right where you are. Father God, you know the people who in their hearts are echoing this prayer, but we want to say we are sorry to you for where we have shut down your Holy Spirit because we're just trying to control things. We're just scared. We're sorry. Will you help us change our thinking? We don't want to be scared of you. We don't want to be scared of what it will look like for your Holy Spirit to really rule our lives. We want to run towards that. We want to embrace that. It's so exciting. We want to encounter you in here. We want to take those encounters out there. We want to be encountering you in shops and causing other people to encounter you, to encounter people on the streets, that we bring that sense of encounter that we have with you and bring it to people, that we let go. Forgive us our controlling attitudes and natures when they've come to the fore, God. I pray that right now and during this week, People here will experience your Holy Spirit. I think there are a number of people here actually who are going to experience the Holy Spirit this week for the first time. You're probably not even going to recognize it. But you might feel incredibly peaceful. You might just start smiling and have no idea even why. You may get the goosebump thing. You might just start to feel warm all over. You might feel quite weak-kneed and feel like you suddenly need to sit down. If that's accompanied by chest pain, then ring... Ring the ambulance, but if it's not accompanied by chest pain, that could really be the Holy Spirit. Father, this week, fresh pouring out of your Holy Spirit on people here. If people are listening by podcast, 
than a fresh pouring out of your Holy Spirit right now as people listen to this on podcasts. We love you, Lord. We want to surrender our control and hand it over to you. Yeah, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast today, and we hope you enjoyed it. For more information, visit ashfordvineyard.org or maybe drop into something if you're nearby. In the meantime, have a great week and know just how loved you are.